Hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This, of course, is Stinchfield, the podcast brought to you by Midas Gold Group. I have a warning for all of you, and this is very, very important. For all of you talking about Tulsi Gabbard, the former Democrat congresswoman from Hawaii, as becoming a potential vice president pick for President Trump, please knock it off. Just because she doesn't want endless foreign wars does not make her a conservative. This woman is so far out to left field that she would be a total danger if, God forbid, anything happened to President Trump and she took over the office of the presidency. This woman, Tulsi Gabbard, because she has so many conservatives duped, I actually believe is more dangerous than Kamala Harris to this country. Because she's tricked so many of you. I'm going to go through Tulsi Gabbard's past and her recent interviews as well that will prove to you this woman is no conservative and has no business even being near President Trump. Yet for some reason, conservatives are embracing her. And I only point you to Fox News. Why do you think Fox News is now all of a sudden embracing Tulsi Gabbard as if she's Milton Friedman, this great free marketeer? She's not. So let's get down to reality. That's what this podcast is all about. Tulsi Gabbard, the Trojan horse, unwitting, maybe, but she is still a Trojan horse. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by Midas Gold Group, MidasGoldGroup.com. Now's the time to invest in precious metals. We're so grateful for their sponsorship of this program. With that, let's get the party started, folks. Let's do it. Uncensored and unapologetic. This is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. All right, folks, it is great to be with you uh, on this Monday morning. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is most certainly a danger. uh, And here's why I believe she is really a danger. She's really a danger because she's tricked so many of you into thinking that somehow she's conservative. Why has she tricked you into thinking this? Well, One, conservatives are giving her a platform. She speaks at CPAC. She speaks at Turning Point USA. She talks about religious freedom. Now, something about Tulsi Gabbard. She grew up in a very religious household. Early on in her political career, she was totally against abortion. Then she realized that wasn't going to work in liberal uh, Hawaii. So then she became totally pro-abortion. She even voted against banning abortion after 20 weeks, okay? After 20 weeks, she supported uh, that she she supported the idea that marriage was between a man and a woman, this going back to her religious background. The LGBTQ maniacs in Hawaii get honor, so they're not going to endorse her in 2016. She changes her tune on all of that. Now, apparently, we're supposed to believe she's changed her tune back. I don't. Gun rights are a huge issue with Tulsi Gabbard. And when I say a huge issue, I mean a huge issue. And I'm going to pay a recent interview with her from a recent podcast with a conservative where she shows her cards on gun rights. And I don't want someone as a vice president that's not going to be a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. She sings for universal basic income, universal health care, $15 an hour minimum wage. She's for... Uh, free college tuition for everybody, giving citizenship to dreamers. Does it sound like someone who would run for president as a Democrat? You bet. Folks, that's exactly what she did in 2020. She was a Democrat candidate 
for the presidency. How do you think now Tulsi Gabbard is now some big conservative? This is the equivalent of RFK Jr., by the way, thinking he's a conservative because he's pro-free speech and anti-vax. Now, yes, mostly conservatives are pro-free speech and anti-vax, but it doesn't make you a conservative just because you're those things. Everybody with common sense should be those things. This falls into the realm of Tulsi Gabbard. We'll get into a little bit why she has duped conservatives into thinking she's like the second coming of a great conservative warrior. She is not, all right? So um, with that, I, I want to start, okay, with the idea of universal income. Now, how are you going to pay for universal income? That's giving somebody from the government a salary, subsidizing you working. Where are you going to get that from? I'll tell you where you're going to get it from. You're going to get it from me. Quite possibly, you might get it from some of you. I make a decent living. I'm the guy that they want to come after to pay for everybody else. Not on my watch. That's not how freedom works. This is Tulsi Gabbard from May of 2020. Uh, The second area that I've been advocating for from the very beginning of uh, this pandemic is an emergency universal basic payment, uh, a monthly universal basic payment to go to every individual during this time of crisis. What we've seen is a one-time payment of $1,200, Uh, as well as an additional payment for those with children. But a one-time payment of $1,200 doesn't even come close to helping address and provide certainty and security for those who really should only be focused on the health and well-being of themselves and their loved ones. All right, so first off, this should tell you a little bit about where she stood during the pandemic. She had to have been for government lockdowns. Now, in Hawaii, they had the worst government lockdowns imaginable. They crushed the tourist business there. They trust business and industry in Hawaii like they did in many blue states and sadly some red states across the country. Her idea that even a $1,200 payment from the government is legitimate rather than saying, you know what, all of you make your own decisions about whether you want to go out, keep your business open, what's right for you and your families. Instead, she's all in (coughs) on this $1,200 payment, excuse me, and she wants more than that. Something that I'm continuing along with others to push for and we're starting to see more bipartisan support for this idea of, of really empowering individuals, directly supporting them with a monthly payment of $2,000 uh, so that they can make sure that they have their basics covered and focus during this time of hardship really on what is most important. Do you know what happens when you give people a $2,000 check every month? They're not going to work. They're going to be sitting on the porch. And if you tie it to how many kids you have, they're going to be popping out children, and they'll be taking government money. It's incentivizing people not to work. This is exactly what happened during the pandemic. They said, oh, you don't need to pay your rent. So what happened? People took their rent money, took their government stipend that they got, and they went and they bought all kinds of fancy bags that they had no business buying. I saw the lines at the mall at these fancy Louis Vuitton, YSL, all these stores, Chanel, People say, how how are they affording this? Oh, they're not paying their rent because the government said they didn't have to. This is what Tulsi Gabbard is all about, folks. Uh, She doubles down on it during the debates uh, in 2020 about this universal basic income. And I I agree with my friend Andrew Yang. I think universal basic income is a good idea to help provide that security so that people can have the freedom to make the kinds of choices that they want to see. So... 
There she says, she agrees. She agrees with him. And I, I agree with my friend, Andrew Yang. I think universal basic income is a good idea to help. No, it's not a good idea. The government shouldn't be paying people to do nothing. The government has some core functions. Apparently, Tulsi Gabbard doesn't understand the fundamentals of conservatism. Government out of the way. You and I know what's best for our families, not government. We're not going to be relying on government. We're going to be relying on ourselves. Government should only be there to ensure that the opportunity for success exists for everyone, regardless of race, color, creed, religion. Okay? That's government's role. Provide for national defense. Provide for the free flow of commerce. Make sure you you make some laws so it's not massive chaos out in society. But beyond that, government needs to get out of the way. Tulsi Gabbard has no understanding of that. Now, what are some other issues that Tulsi Gabbard uh, was for? Do you know when she was in Congress, she introduced a bill called Off Fuels for a Better Future Act. Off Fuels for a Better Future Act. This was about waging war on the fossil fuel industry. In this bill, our electric utility grids had to become 80% reliant on renewable energy by 2050. Again, she wants to shut down coal. She wants to shut down oil and gas and rely on what? Wind, solar. She was against nuclear, some of the cleanest form of energy there is. She was against that because she's an environmentalist zealot. But you won't know that now because she is looking for publicity and she's getting it amongst conservatives. So she's feeding into what they want to hear, but I don't believe that she really believes the thing that she's saying. Now, she may have changed. Even if I give her the benefit of the doubt, I'm sure Tulsi Gabbard is a very nice woman. She seems to be a little more reasonable than the average Democrat, right? She seems to be a kind person, which many of these Democrat members of Congress are not kind at all. She's open to listening, but this is not someone you want as Donald Trump's vice president, who is coming up with these dopey ideas, by the way? Tulsi Gabbard, RFK Jr. That's another dopey idea as Trump's vice president. You want someone that is able to step in as just as strong conservative as President Trump is the moment something were to happen to him, God forbid. Tulsi Gabbard is not that person. So she wanted 0% car emissions by 2050. That means she was part of this electric vehicle craze that is not going to work. And again, who of you out there have mentioned and admit to yourselves, oh, Tulsi Gabbard with his great, I saw her on with Jesse Waters and she said that uh, Vladimir Putin has a right to Ukraine and she said that we shouldn't be funding Ukraine. She's a great conservative. No. Just because she does, and I don't believe, I don't know if she said uh, uh, <laughs> anything about Putin or not, but, but if... She's not for funding Ukraine like I am, which I believe she's not. She doesn't like the idea of endless war. She doesn't like the idea of regime changes. Fine. Chalk that up as a small victory we got with a Democrat, but don't make her vice president of the United States because of it. Now, I want to tell you about guns. And she was on um, the Rubin report. And he he's a great guy who has had a change of heart about where he stands on politics to prove to you that she does not understand about the Second Amendment, I'm going to play this clip. 
And this gets me back to where she had signed on as co-sponsors to going back to the Bill Clinton assault weapons ban. Um, in 2020, she was all for universal background checks, ban assault weapons. So this idea that she's some pro-Second Amendment person is absolutely false. And I'll play that this clip that I'm going to break down for you to prove to you that I'm right about this. But before I do that, I want to tell you about my friends over at Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com. Uh, that's where I want you to go to start taking the steps to protect your financial future. 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. This is about making sure that you have safety, security, and privacy when it comes to your assets. I'm not saying put all your money into gold, but I'm saying put some of it. If all hell was to break loose, you need a commodity that you can hold, a currency that can be used in cases of emergency. Two, it is an inflation hedge. We're still at 3.6%. Three, China is buying up gold in record numbers. Gold is the place to be. It stood the test of time as a safe haven for money during times of chaos. And I don't know how you figure we're not in a time of chaos as we are right now. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com. Please pay them a visit. All right, I told you I would play this soundbite from uh, my buddy Dave Rubin, the Rubin Report. Uh, He had Tulsi Gabbard on. This is recently, and she talks about guns here. Let's take a listen to this. Yeah, I think that um, I stand up for Second Amendment rights. I don't think it conflicts with the need. I feel we also need to have sensible gun safety regulation. All right, that right there alone is a huge tip-off. She doesn't use the term gun control because that's a radical term, right? So she adopted the phrase that all these Democrat groups, all these radicals have adopted, We need gun safety legislation. Who's not for gun safety? Well, gun safety legislation is just a disguise for tyrannical gun control legislation that takes away your right to keep and bear arms in the way that you want to. The Second Amendment is very clear. My right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't mean you should take a test. It doesn't mean the government, you have to pay a fee to exercise that right to carry it in public. It doesn't mean you have to go uh, take a class. It doesn't mean you have to meet some requirement. It means your rights shall not be infringed, providing you're not a, a criminal or a deranged lunatic. So here she is with her common sense gun safety regulations. Uh, I think that the fact that we have not seen any kind of legislation pass for a very long time is because on one side you have people who say there should be absolutely no regulation whatsoever uh, on guns. And Yes, that would be me because the Constitution says there should be no regulation on guns. And I would ask you, name me one regulation that's going to make you safer Tulsi Gabbard, every one of these mass shootings we've proven the guns were either stolen or they were bought legally through background checks. There was no way to stop them to begin with. 95% of the mass shootings in America have taken place in gun-free zones where they were illegal already. Criminals break laws. No gun laws are going to stop bad people from using them. The only way you stop bad people from using guns in America is if you were to confiscate every gun and destroy every single one of them. So they can't get their hands on it. And then what happens? Then they're going to use cars. They're going to use knives. And I'm going to have no way to defend my family when somebody comes breaking in with a baseball bat, me with a baseball bat against them with a baseball bat. Not, not happening. Here she is. She, this is recently, folks. 
This is when she's supposed to be a newfound love of conservatism. Who can own them? And on the other side, you have folks who are saying that they want to repeal the Second Amendment and they want to get rid of guns completely and take everyone's guns away. And you have those two extremes on both sides um, kind of pointing their arrows at each other with no real, real substantive dialogue and conversation happening with that entire space in the middle where, where we recognize that there is no conflict between upholding our Second Amendment rights while also making sure that these guns are not put into the hands of those who would seek to do incredible harm to so, other people. So what would no dialogue. Why would I have a dialogue with someone who wants to pass something that's unconstitutional? See, this is where she gets confused. She doesn't understand what the Constitution actually says and means. If you want to change the Constitution, then go have at it. Go start the process to change the Constitution. But Tulsi Gabbard, God bless you. You are totally mistaken on this issue. And this large majority that she says is in the middle that wants common sense gun safety reform. Just because you're a majority doesn't make it right. And I'm not even convinced that it is a majority and that's just not a talking point. Sometimes the majority is wrong. That happens a lot. All you have to do is point to slavery. The majority of the public in the South wanted slavery. That was wrong. I think we all agree with that now. But the majority wanted it. That's not, that's not the measure of what is right or what is wrong, a majority of people. What's a measure of what is right or wrong is, is it an inalienable right? And is it being infringed? We have a right to speak. We have a right to practice what religion we want. We have a right to defend ourselves. If that's infringed, whether the majority wants to infringe on it or not, it's unconstitutional. That's when you push back. Tulsi Gabbard does not understand that premise. So why is she getting this attention from conservatives? Why... Do they believe she is somehow our savior to recruit moderates? I'll tell you some reasons why. This is her. She was invited to speak at uh, America Fest. This is a Turning Point USA event last year. Listen to what she has to say. It's, it's good. They are discriminating against people of faith, especially Christians. Arresting peaceful pro-life protesters, trying to remove God from every facet of our public life and as we are seeing most recently bending over backward trying to placate pro-Hamas Islamist protesters all right so she talks about religious freedom persecuting Christians we can all embrace that we all support Israel but she added in there pro-life protesters Give me a break, Tulsi Gabbard. I don't believe you're for real. I think you are playing us. I really do. I think the joke is on all of us who, who have supported her. And I'm not included in that group, by the way. I've been saying this for a very long time. You can go back a year ago. I had a Tulsi Gabbard podcast. This is her on abortion, all right? At the presidential debate, she's so concerned about pro-life protesters. Where was she in 2020? This is often one of the most difficult decisions that a woman will ever have to make. And it's unfortunate to see how in this country it has for so long been used as a divisive political weapon. 
Uh, I agree with Hillary Clinton on one thing, disagree with her on many others, but when she said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, I think she's correct. We see how the consequences of laws that you're referring to can often lead to a dangerous place as we've seen them. As they- All right, so here she goes. Abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Okay, but here's what she's going to do. She's going to bring in random obscure examples of why you you shouldn't be outlawing abortion. This is a common tactic of those on the left. Or passed in other countries where a woman who uh, has a miscarriage past that six weeks could be imprisoned because abortion would be illegal at that point. Uh, I do, however, think that there should be some restrictions in place. I support codifying Roe v. Wade while making sure that during the third trimester, abortion is not an option unless the life or severe health consequences of a woman are at risk. Thank you. During the third trimester, you know how late into a pregnancy that is? I mean, it's, that's literally, literally two-thirds into the pregnancy, obviously. Um, this would explain why she refused to pass a bill that would ban abortion post 20 weeks. That's five months in, right? So she doesn't think that's long enough in, third trimester? That's radical, folks. And that's the person that so many of you out there, and I know you, you're out there, said, oh no, Tulsi Gabbard's great. Tucker Carlson interviews her. Jesse Waters interviews her. She fills in for the conservative talk show hosts on Fox News. Really? That's your barometer? She talks about issues and she'll namely focus on foreign policy where she'll align with us on. Okay? But she won't talk about these other issues on Fox News because she wants to hide them from you now. The biggest mistake anybody could ever make, including President Trump, would be taking her on as a vice president You talk about a Trojan horse, it would be a Trojan horse that would be devastating to the Constitution. God forbid something happened to President Trump. Mark my words on that. Here's one of the reasons why she's popular. This is about war. Here was she was with Joe Rogan, and this is kind of when she starts bursting onto the scene. As Oh, we got to support her, just like RFK Jr. Oh, we got to support him. He's anti-vax. Oh, he's pro-free speech. Let's get behind RFK Jr., Open up your eyes, everybody, please. So what we're seeing play out now is essentially a proxy war. Uh, U.S. is engaging in a proxy war with Russia using Ukraine as their military. So the U.S. and some European countries, predominantly the U.S., though, are providing billions of dollars in funding, weapon systems, and so forth, and essentially waging this war using the Ukrainian military and people as their chess pieces in this geopolitical um, chess game. The ultimate objective being regime change with Russia. And you can see years before, um, obviously, Russia's invasion in Ukraine, uh, this this anti-Russia sentiment has been building up by the, the permanent Washington establishment and laying the groundwork, and this was the opportunity that they saw. Go figure. She's right there with Tucker Carlson on this. So she must be a great conservative. Look at the body of work, not just one issue. 
yes, when she comes to foreign policy, she acts like a libertarian, okay? Now, I differ from her on this stuff and the fact that I'm done with Ukraine. No more funding for Ukraine. But I'm done with Russia too, for the most part. Vladimir Putin is an evil dictator. He's not a nice guy, okay? And he's not trying to save Western civilization. If you think that, I'm quite, I'm sorry to say this, but if you think Vladimir Putin is saving Western civilization, you too have been duped. These are two corrupt nations. Why am I involved with two corrupt nations fighting? Let them fight. I don't think Vladimir Putin is going into any other NATO-aligned country. So with that, let let Ukraine and, and Russia fight it out. They deserve whatever they get. They deserve each other, man. They really do. Because both of those nations are bad news. Now, I don't want regime change either anymore. I'm done with those wars. But I will tell you this, I'm all for taking the fight to terrorists. Terrorists pops up. I'm, I'm all for having them look up in the sky and having a ballistic missile hit their forehead. I'm sorry, but I am. You fight terrorists over there so they don't reach my kid, your kid, our kids here on U.S. soil. Meanwhile, they're flowing in the southern border. Oh, speaking of the southern border, <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard, when it comes to so-called dreamers, those children who were brought here. Now, I believe they are victims of crime. You're a four-year-old and you're brought across the border by a coyote, even by your mother, you are a victim of a crime. We have to do something with them. I'm not convinced citizenship is the way to go. She is. She wants amnesty for a lot of people. And uh, and again, just about every issue I have looked at, community college, free for everybody, public college tuition, free for everybody. Who's going to pay for that? Every issue I have looked at, Tulsi Gabbard sides with the left-wing Democrats, except, of course, foreign wars. So all of you embrace her, and, uh, and she'll fill in for, for all the Fox hosts, and, and we'll say she needs to be President Trump's vice president because she's pretty, and she can get the women vote and moderates. It's not how it works. Stand for what you believe in. Surround yourself with people that believe in the same things that you do. Surround yourself with people that are willing to fight for the things that we believe in. We don't need wishy-washy, nobody, losers next to us that want to negotiate with Democrats on this and that. That is not who I need on my team. I need side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder, willing to fight, willing to go to battle, willing to win with everything we've got to save this country. That is not, folks, Tulsi Gabbard. And again, because so many people think it is, she's more dangerous than Kamala Harris. We all know what we get with Kamala Harris. We all know she's bought and paid for. We all know she's a dope. We all know that she's a radical. Tulsi Gabbard has a lot of people fooled. That, folks, makes her very dangerous. Please share this podcast. Spread the word on this. This is important. We cannot allow her uh, to be vice president. And I'm not talking violence or anything like that. The left always takes my words out of context. What I'm saying is we have to spread the word so loudly that we don't want her, that President Trump wouldn't even consider it. And in my humble opinion, I don't think President Trump is or would. I really don't. I think he's being kind when he says, oh, yeah, she's a good idea. On, on She's on the list. I think he's just being kind and placating people asking about her. All right. That is going to do it for us. Remember, folks, grantstinchfield.com is the website. Please sign up for the email list there. Uh, Stinchfield1776, give me a follow on all the social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, 
and uh, um, Twitter. And the reason I'm on TikTok, I use a burner phone for that, is because all the young people are there, and I'm trying to reach them, even though I'm about one strike away from getting totally banned. Facebook, too, if you're watching there live, thank you so much. Uh, it looks like we just had a uh, a page recommendable, non-recommendable to page recommendable on Facebook. So thank you for that. We have a little increase, I see, of the live viewership there. Hopefully, we can build that audience back up to where it was before we got shadow banned on Facebook. So share the podcast, like it, subscribe on the Rumble channel and on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcasts. And uh, Stinchfield's Army rolls. Thanks to all of you. We will see you on the Real America's Voice Show tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for watching, everybody.